experience of French Lick is proud to introduce the Maddie Glad Bottled Blonde Bourbon. This four-year-aged bourbon is double pot distilled in non-chill filter. It has a full-bodied mouth filled with eucalyptus, molasses, clove, ginger, and slight citrus, as well as grains of paradise. The finish is long, reappearing on the back of the tongue with notes of pepper, tobacco, and mint fruit. All of our spirits are available for tasting and purchase inside the French Lick Winery and Distillery. Yeah, we're going. Spirits of French Lick, respect the grain, please enjoy responsibly. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. Let me Hit introduce it. everybody. Hit it. This is our intro song. You know our intro song. Uh, last Whiskey Yeah. That's right. By the doors. Uh, are they getting their residuals? Yeah, they take it out of my YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Don't ask why Oh, if we don't find The next whiskey bar I tell you we must die I tell you we must die I tell you, I tell you I tell you we must die All right, welcome back to another podcast Of the Scotchy Bourbon Boys from Kentucky Bourbon Festival yeah. All right <laughs> we picked up a couple of Scotchy Bourbon Boy group members, uh, yes. but these these two members are very special. Very special very group members. Special. Yeah. <clears throat> Extra uh, exorbitantly special. Yes, <laughs> we, we talk about Martin Duffy, the North American Glen Karen last representative out of Scotland, right? Uh, well, I'm not out of Scotland. No, but yeah, your company's out of Scotland. <laughs> but... But we, he graciously grabbed us Lisa Roper Wicker. Yeah! 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 Welcome, Lisa. Lots of think a paycheck going to her just to be on the show. <laughs> I haven't seen Marie since February 2020, where we had quite the night out after the Icons Awards. Do you remember the whole thing? Yeah. I go to the ladies' room just for a few minutes. There's almost an altercation that I've had. Ah, geez, we all have to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't in there, thank you. I wasn't. There was nothing. I don't know. I'm not going to bring it up. He's blushing. Mark Twain. Yeah, it's Mark Twain. He's been running around all day. Yeah, and he's roasting in the sun. That was quick. Oh, yeah, that's sparkly over there? <laughs> So, Lisa, uh, what's what's been what's new? I mean, you, you're... oh my gosh, trying to keep up. That's new, I guess. I mean, I guess that's not great news, but um, yeah, we're just we have you know we're up to nine SKUs now, and we have a solid team and two full-time you know young distillers on site in New York, and we're going to bring back our project that we had to put on ice for a little bit with COVID on um, building our new distillery on the water from there in Brooklyn and. Yeah, we just remodeled our bar and our restaurant, and it's just going gangbusters, and yeah, so it's all great. And then I got to come back home for, you know, because this is still my primary, Barnstown's still my primary residence. I live in Brooklyn about 90% of the time these days with COVID, um, but 
I'm so grateful to have a, you know, an opportunity always to, to pop back in when I can. Is, the, is that the bar corner? Really cool. Looks like an 18th is that your restaurant, or is there... Yeah, we, it's not really a restaurant, it's just a bar, because we have to operate under New York State distillery bar rules, right? So we can't operate under a normal bar company, so we're only open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but lots of great bar snacks, and fabulous. We've hired two fabulous bartenders and a great bar back that's learning, and um, yeah, we are really feeling it right now. Now, I have a question, if you don't, guys don't mind. No, I'm a guest. But, uh, I have a question, Melissa. Only because you have been a journeyman or journeywomen, whatever you want to call it. You've been all over the place. You've worked at a number of different distilleries. Is Widow Chip, and here everyone put their finger by the corner of their mouth. Uh, is journeyman or is uh, Widow uh, Jane your, uh, your last stop? What are you talking about? When it's her bottles, she'll let us know. We, I don't need yeah. it on the fucking shelf. Why do I need it on the shelf? Look, Mr. Scotchy Bourbon Boy, there's a lot of people out there who might not No, that, that's their problem. I, I, she'll sell it all out. I'm a podcast to educate people. you don't know any of this stuff. What yeah, listen to my podcast, sure, but... but We'll let it go, but sorry, folks. You gotta tune in here to find out what's happening at Widow Jane. Yeah, no, no stickers or anything like that. I, let the people who know because that there won't be enough. Signature, like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. signature. Should be a little. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so, so I remember uh, right. when you when you joined the group. Okay, I asked you to, and you joined the group, and then it was about six months later. And someone had made a comment about it, and, and I was—I said I, I wasn't that excited about that that batch. And then you oh, came back and was like, wow. you, you were like, it's hard to put out good whiskey, find good the whiskey, so I can do my blend. And then after that, this is kind of confrontational. No, it's not confrontational. No. <laughs> No, but but no, but you 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 put me in my you you made me realize that at that time from from all from all the distillers that do what we're doing here. Okay, that that's why I'm making this point. I'm not saying I liked that you told me that because then that made me you you schooled me and made me. No. 
No, no, I. But still, but 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 if, if someone runs a group in a podcast and they're not quite understanding, I think that's a really good thing to do. Well, you know, I'm jumping in here actually. Uh, but but uh, I know I visit lots of young distilleries, still uh, distilleries that are just starting off, and you know what? If you're working with whiskey that you didn't make, or whiskey you're just beginning to make, and you're the first time whiskey maker, yeah, uh, 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 you taste stuff. A guy, uh, Tom Nipple, you know Tom? He uh, was in Scotland. He used to come over a lot. He made Tangeray gin, and so I go over there to visit him when I lived in Ireland. And Tom was a wealth of information on the store. And one of the, I asked him with all these little gins coming out of it, they nip your heels. And he said, Well, I think no, it doesn't matter to me because all these, uh, all these guys, they make something, they've got to put it out. They can't afford to throw it away. I can afford to throw it away. <laughs> so if I make a bad batch, I throw it away. And then I make another batch to perfection. Whereas your small distillery, man, it's a, it's a learning Gin. Oh wow! Yeah, you bet. 
Yeah, and so she gave me and Lou a little sample. Yeah, and we, yeah <laughs> Lou, to be honest, Lou says he doesn't really like Jim, but he's well, always willing to try it, because you never know. And then um, we tasted it, and we just kind of looked at each other and go, uh, so this is your gin, I said. And I go, okay. And she goes, yeah, it's, it's American style, so not heavy on the juniper, and I go, yeah, it's not heavy on anything, really. It's kind of like uh, vodka. She's like, well, okay. Well, it's right in between where, where the, off the still, with the, you know, with no flavor. I mean, what you're looking for on your hearts isn't, you got to take the heads yeah, and the tails. comparing, you know, I could tell that she doesn't go out. And as Lisa said, she wasn't going out. I find this all the time. Just young distillers, they make it, that's their baby. And they're so proud of themselves. This is so now. Oh my God! I re- I've created the best spirit ever. I'm not gonna taste anyone else's spirit and maybe compare it and see that maybe my gin tastes like vodka compared to someone who's making really good gin. You know, nobody does that. It's so commonplace now. Well, I'm just glad I'm when I drink spirits. Okay, if I stick to one bourbon. And it can be, I cannot do bourbon and Irish whiskey, but if it's one, I'm fine. I can just keep it level. It's when all of a sudden other stuff comes in that I get in trouble. That's that's why. So, I mean, I can drink. Right. Oh, there's, that's, there's been a lot of trouble over the last two years, but I, find, I think I got it down. Gosh. But but no, Lisa. I didn't do anything wrong. But but you, you as a distiller, you just. Was it hard? Was it hard? Full story by the end of this podcast. Was it hard switching from wine to whiskey? Yeah. Because now you're talking about a more the higher proof, and it's a whole different uh, animal. And then when you're tasting whiskey every almost every day or pretty much. It's it's a, a, a career, what would you say? You have to figure out how to taste so much of the alcohol without getting yourself in trouble. Put it there. Is that, have you found that? Oh, yeah, because early on, you know, when I was doing wine, one of the things I had to do was what they call cutting lemon once a month. So I would go through and evaluate all the wines, you know, especially if they've been sitting in stainless or they're sitting in barrels or whatever, and evaluate every barrel and stainless steel tank. And it's, just, it's always several days every month. But I learned early on, because when I was first tasting, it's like I can spit and then get a, like a representative taste of everything, right? And so I learned that I'd have to start, when we started on our port barrels at 18%, you know, that I'd have to start early in the day and stop my lunch and then go on to something else after lunch or I couldn't drive home right at the end of the day. So yeah. I can't, I'd not be able to conquer this until I learn how to spit tastefully and be able to spit the product. And, and
whether it spreads yeah. out in your lungs, you can feel in your stomach, or what's it going to feel like in your throat. What I I I can't I've never spit. Okay, I always. But what I've learned. That's hard to believe. No. <laughs> you couldn't tell that, right? No. I wish. I, they don't let they don't let you bring it in. And yesterday we had a. What do we got? Are we? What's going on here? I got a, I got a cold water. Uh, oh, so there you go. Yeah. I thought he, but. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yes, yeah. but but uh, I found that I've got I've developed uh, ability to taste with with less whiskey. Like I can really do it with less. Even if I pour a little bit, and I know I'm going to be tasting for five or six, and it's a Tuesday night, and I don't want to get in trouble, I just put uh, some in, but I don't drink it all. I what are you pouring at me for? <laughs> yeah, she's always. Uh, and then and then I just the worst for me is Irish whiskey. I I still haven't really? figured out. How I get so fucked up on just four yeah. pours of Irish whiskey at 80 I'm proof. Sorry, what did you say? Four quarts? Four pours. <laughs> no, I, no it's just, I do a I'm, I do a barrel proof podcast. I take five barrel proofs, put them in the same amount. I'm like this. I'm fine. I go upstairs. I've just, but you give me Irish whiskey and it goes right into my blood. And I am gone. She, she's well, like, you did an Irish whiskey podcast. You know what? My theory is, and this is why I very rarely drink whiskey cocktails other than, say, in Manhattan, is that uh, a sweeter, sweeter something is, the faster I drink it. And I think it's from, like, kid days drinking as many cans of pop as I possibly could before my brothers and sisters got to them. Um, and Irish whiskey and Canadian whiskey are both deceptively sweet and gentle. You can drink them a lot better. You very rarely get a burn from either of them. No. Like heat. So, they go down so easy yeah. that they're a little dangerous They're way. fruity, a little bit fruity. Yeah. I always get that very light much. fruity and, you know, but, but it's it's just the same amount. I mean, it's like four Glencairns with pores, they're gone. I think it's how you, but if you drink them faster, you get into your bloodstream faster. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that's a chance. Listen to me, my initials are MD, so I'm almost a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and and you have been so supportive of us and we we have our Glen Cairns here. Uh, we the six crystal Glen Cairns that we were able to get. Uh, yes, there you go. <laughs> and and uh, but then also who you've early on hooked us up to and uh, you, I basically got a lot of my confidence of being able to podcast and get guests by what you started to, when, you, when you were hooking me up. And then I learned that the people you were hooking me up with were so friendly and they were so open. I don't deal with friendly Right, right. <laughs> Someone's a jerk. I mean, I mean, and yeah, and Peggy No Stevens, she was gonna come up, and I know, yeah, and then Lou Bryson was gonna stop by. Remember, he was just gonna stop by, and but then it all kind of went. But then it gave me the confidence that these people are just like you, and they really love podcasters because podcasters get the get the message out word of mouth. You know, the big problem I've had since I work at home basically, except when I go out travel for Glencairn to the whiskey event, 
I love the people in this industry. They've always been great. You know, they've always been the nicest. You know, Stephen Beam if you go to Limestone Ranch. One time I went there, totally unannounced, him and his brother Paul oh, showed yeah. me around, and then we all sat on the porch, just the three of us, and he told me the whole story of his branch of the Bean family, and then we went out and got ribs. I mean, you know, it's, it's just Steven, nice we, just we, we were just, early. we stopped by, Stephen's been on the podcast, super nice, 9.30 in the morning, we were drinking, and then he was offering us further pours afterwards, he's yeah, a wonderful he man. Uh, but we stopped by, he was there, but then Luca Mariano, uh, um, Francesco, Francesco Viola was there with their team. And all of a sudden I'm in, in a picture with Francesco and Steven together, and it's just like, what is happening? <laughs> kind of thing. Steven Paul gave me my break, and he's still there. Yes, oh, I know that. I know. I know I know all the places you've been. Um, I was building a some of these events, like the World Whiskey Awards, which covers all the whiskeys, or Whiskey Fest, right. which there are now four of across the country. You know, when, they, when Whiskey Fest used to come to Chicago, and I was working for Diageo at the time, and like, I was launching the Singleton of Plundellum, the beautiful single bolt scotch. You say that so well. Yeah, I'd always go to a shop comedy talking about scotch. Um, they, um, uh, there used to be a, well, there still is a whiskey night, or it's World of Whiskeys at Finney's the night before. I don't think they're having it this year, but typically they always have it. They used to have it in this one store on Clark Street here with the deal in the catacombs. Okay. And you had the news new. I mean, you had a Booker though. You had a uh, uh, Jim Cryo who was with Shivis, uh, uh, Richard Patterson. I mean, all the names that. And becoming kind of a rarity now, Bill Samuels, they were all there. This is the, the golden age of these distillers who now are legendary in the summer past. Um, anyways, I threw a party. I was with Evan Katnack, another great distiller to go on with us, um, uh, for the Singleton at Duke of Perth. And here's a Scottish pub in Chicago. We had, you know, you name it. 
you, you have all these different characters from every different level. You know, you have Cole Meekin from Bushmills uh, talking with, uh, I don't know, Fred Go. Uh, you know, wow. just all this weird, you know, synergy. Inter of, interactions. If you want to call him, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. He's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> and me, of course. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a party without you. You know uh, that. Now, now, Martin, uh, Mr. Supernatural. Yeah, it's, 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 it's all his friend. His, his party, Marty, right? <laughs> Martin is, uh, Martin is the uh, from the Roman God War Mars. So hello, you. There's gonna be smash. That's right. Yeah, anybody that pretends to know the industry is like, do you know Yeah. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah. Well, it's so rare when you walk into a distillery and they're serving you and they don't have Glencairns. You're just yeah. like, I, I, not that I'll judge, but I'm like, I want to be like, hey, you need Martin Duffy. <laughs> yeah. Else had the right. Finally, put my foot down, and we have our beautiful. Yes. Let it go. Let it go, Lisa. I'm sorry, the art director took forever. The Shish Mishabash. Took forever. She's sweet. Gee, I. That's my first exposure to Jane. Was your art director? And the. Uh, She's also our vice president. Oh, she's really. Oh, she's. Uh, but she's. She's such a. You know, she's such a character. She's so. Unique, uh, yeah, she has a unique style, and uh, she was at uh, what was at the American Whiskey Conference in Philadelphia. Uh, she and uh, Vince, Vince used to work for you guys, uh, and they had a great display. I just loved everything about it. The distillery, by the way, if anyone hasn't been to Widow Jane, not to uh, plug it. But it's a really cool looking distillery. I got whole Brooklyn. So it's in. So that it's in the. Is it in the Red Hook district? Oh yeah. Yeah, because my my daughter uh, worked at. Verde. Yeah, Laconda Verde. She was the wine. Uh, that was um, Robert De Niro's um, hotel. hotel restaurant thing. And then she's, she be, she's a wine sommelier, but she was there. So she took us all through Red Hook. So I think we walked by, and it was in 2018, was it? Was it two, yeah, 2018. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's such a cool district, right? They got everything there, and the, 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 all the distilleries have all their operations kind of just happening when you're walking through. You can smell some of some are aging right there. Some, it's just so it was a really good. She took she's because she's a sommelier, she knew the the wineries in the area. But I think we stopped at. Um, King's Country is Kings County. Kings yeah. County, thank oh, you. Yeah. And walked in there and uh, had a tasting, and just it felt like it uh, just was uh, pretty. Collins Spielman's a Kentucky boy. Okay, yeah. So, so I mean, at that time, his I felt it was a little bit 
young whiskey at the time, but it wasn't bad. So, uh, but we were through that area. So ever since you know, I've been aware of you. Courtesy of him, he sends me all the expressions now. She took us down to the, the pier. We hopped a boat and then took the boat. And it's like, wait, you live in Brooklyn, but we're taking a boat to Brooklyn. <laughs> but she said it was a... Transportation right, right, right. Yeah, it is cool that you guys are so close to the river that you look out and see the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, yeah. you just have to walk down the walk and yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much anything is doing positive on us these days. Maybe it's starting to get back, and I look forward to it. Hopefully next year, it just kind of you know. Now, are you booking all the tours? Yeah, I think well, at ten at a time. The first round of it, the, it this, what was it in the spring, right? Um, it went quick. I got one. I loved it. I'm not just saying that. I felt that that was, for me, that was something where you're just, it was my taste palette. Well, you know, it's interesting how it's evolved, too, because I even evolved as a blender where it's getting, you know, so I've blended almost 500 batches now in the 10 years. So it's now, you know, Right, right. Also, I know which I what blends I like better than others now too. You know, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's what's great. I love even even the big guys. Some of the stuff that's that whiskey was always consistency, but but I, it seems like whatever happened now, if you can take a small batch and make it better, they're doing it. I, I mean, I I was not a fan of Eagle Rare forever. This last batch, I've already bought two bottles because. I, it, it's it's not anything like Eagle Rare before. I mean, it's got a little bit, but everything that I didn't like about it, it it's gone, and it's like replaced with a sweet caramel butterscotch. And it's like, but that's what I love about whiskey. There, it can be improved. Yeah. 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 Y
right? You know, we had some stuff that we bought early on. It was delicious. Um, it was like really, what I call really good blender barrels, so really solid goods, but maybe not a lot of personality in there, so that the, it would enhance the barrels that did have personality. Well, guess what? Now, how much more of the tenure did you get out this time? Because then the second time it hit, it actually went up on the shelf, which was really cool. Because when I went, I finished my one bottle, I went in and I didn't have to have allocated. I could just grab one off the shelf and I see it. So I know, I know you sell it out, but then it's nice to have some shelf representation so other people can experience it, except besides the people who... Right, we really don't have any control over is getting out what we're, you know, we're tasked to get out, and at that point it's really fa fascinating to see what happens and which Right happens. after that? Booker's has the same problem. It's not like it's it hits. If you don't buy it, that first that first it's gone. I mean, last year I got a little book. This year I'm I'm looking everywhere for it, and I got to taste it with Freddie, and I love it, but I can't get it. You know, and it's not. But how is that their fault? Right. Well, that's just it. I mean, it's like, hey, can you make more babies? You know, babies take time. You can't, you can't just make them. You know, that's just it. With all this stuff, every time you see a shortage, I mean, it happens in Scotland, especially in places like Scotland and Ireland and Canada, where they have the, uh, the age minimum of three years. Yeah. I mean, so right there. And then they're not going to release it at three years. Typically, they're going to yeah. wait. Yeah. You know, if you want a 16-year-old Lagavulin, you're going to have to wait 16 years. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they made a bunch before that. Well, I, I'm not a big fan of Canadian whiskey, okay? But... I'm just not. But I, we, were, we were at Preservation, and they've got that rare perfection... And that kind of changed my mind a little bit. That you, you take some game, the people not know what they're doing. So I'm, but you know, when you're into bourbon, I, I mean, how many do I have? To, how many years do I? I could I just spend on bourbon? There's two thousand distilleries. I mean, you call yourself the Scotch. Oh, and because of you, we do Scotch and Irish whiskey. But it's probably twice a year because. Because you know what? Do you know what my Scotch list? Myself the Canadian, or just the bourbon, bourbon boys. Well, the whiskey and bourbon boys. I've sent the samples yeah. up because I'm I, I love I love it all, and oh, I've boy. sent him the samples up. It's just that he Starting didn't get to them until he knew we were coming up here because Matt Matt's the Scotchy bourbon boy, and then he gets to the distillery and tastes it. Oh, then, oh, oh, now I yeah, like Canadian exactly. Whiskey, you well, know? actually, you guys, have you, ever gone, uh, you ever gone to the Victoria Whiskey Festival? Yeah, I haven't. You guys should all make a point if it's going on in January. Uh, Victoria in British Columbia, mm -hmm. uh, they put on this whiskey festival. You try, they have amazing. Canadian whiskey. What do you think? I mean, you is live. Canadian whiskey. It's not. Nah. You get a lot of stuff, and you know, even Crown Royals put out some. Yeah, I used to work in Crown Royal, and yes, it was probably my least favorite of the, of the various brands. Not because I just love the other brands were better. Not that Crown Royal is bad, but uh, there is a sweetness to it that yeah, I'm not a real sweet guy. But it's a little dry. 
<laughs> there's none, okay? There's none, so don't worry about that. But, sure, it'll pop that. But my question is, what the hell? January in British Columbia? Chicago's not freaking cold enough? <laughs> the snow and the, and the glaciers and the mountains. I can picture having a backpack. With you know, you are gonna for your electric thermal suit. When you're walking yeah, around. It's really great. I mean, I'd say light sweater, a cardigan. A cardigan. Better. Yeah. It's, so it's so you're trying to say it's warmer than Chicago in January? Okay. I'm coming from Chicago. I know. Victoria, and I'm sweating when I get to Victoria. Come here. Like this, just like coming oh. to Kentucky. <laughs> You know, you talk about... I was 96% water when I got here. 46% water. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. Although, the, the, there's just the fans providing a little breeze, right? I, I definitely know my proof is going up since the bourbon festival <laughs> <Yeah>. started. <laughs> we've, been here, we've been here a week. Distilleries after distilleries after distilleries and then bourbon festival. So we, we've lost water and gained proof. He's right. You know, yeah. we, you know we can't sample every product, but we're trying. Yeah, I think there's an angel share. I'm giving off. <laughs> you, you, know, you talk about settling in. You have Why the are halo. we the Scotchy bourbon boys and everything? You know, we all grew up drinking whiskey at a very early age. 21, of course. And uh, <laughs> I had settled in on Canadian whiskey for a long time. And then in the early 2000s, I just for no good reason rediscovered bourbon. And then Jeff and I made each other's acquaintance and he liked scotch. He got me into scotch. We, every now and then we'd just change up and I'd have some bourbon on the shelf. And then all of a sudden it was like we got wired for bourbon. And, and uh, it's been that way ever since. And to me, there, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's bourbon is just. Police, what about you? I mean, what the most? What was the whiskey? You know, even before you started distilling whiskey, were you a whiskey drinker and did you, did you really dig it? And so, what, what kind of which one drew, drew you in? That's all. Jack Daniels, really? Yeah, my, my for me, my dad was a huge Jack Daniels. He drink it neat. He drink it on the rocks. Yeah. Yeah, but, but for a long time it was Jack. I remember in the ni early 90s, Jack Daniel's single barrel, it was at Sam's Club, okay? In, I lived in Wisconsin at the time, and I bought it, okay? My dad scoffed at it, but I had no freaking clue. I thought it was like a single distill, you know, like scotch, a single, I had no idea what a single barrel was. And, you know, now that you've come, you just realize that how ridiculous you were and you had no idea what you were drinking, but, you know, it was a single barrel and you were drinking it and you were cool. Yeah, Chief Beer, um, guy that I was running around in high school and college, his parents may or may not own a winery. I was in college, it would have been the early 80s, and 
I was training seven sevens, good old Zulu seven. And I got sick on it. Oh, Alabama Slammers. <laughs> CC and Squirt. Well, I see. Okay. I, I, I love Squirt now. Yeah. CC and Squirt was my poison. And I got sick on it one time and I decided I better cut out the Squirt. And I've been to straight whiskey pretty much ever since. You know? Yep. See, I think uh, Squirt and gin. No, yeah, well, Squirt's an excellent so, drink. So, when, mixer, as kids, uh, in Milwaukee, it was genuine draft. Remember when genuine draft? So genuine draft is is cold filtered Miller into a bottle, right? So we would be going out on the weekends when we were under 21. We'd be buying quarter barrels because that's what people in Milwaukee did when they were underage, and then turned them into their their shop teacher for him to get you your deposit back. <laughs> and uh, but it was genuine draft. But it always we'd buy a quarter barrel. And I was like, isn't this just Miller? We're all thinking we're drinking Genuine Draft because it's cold filtered into a bottle, right? That's what Miller... So if you just put it in a keg, it's just Miller. But we still thought we were drinking Genuine Draft. That's <laughs> My entry, it, it just happens to be bourbon, and it was Jim Bean. And that's what my dad drank, but his name was J.B. And he, he didn't have, it didn't stand for anything. His name was actually J.B. Well, that so would stand for Jim. He always drank Jim Beam, so it was always. Well, yeah, Justine and Brooks. Rivers, so, so, was, so we had to start drinking. <laughs> so it was cheap beer and Jim Beam. So many stories Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what living's about. That's what you know. You don't. You're not supposed to overindulge, but most of most things revolves about having fun. But my big complaints in the whiskey industry, uh, and and not so much the industry, but with with fans, fans, is that you know don't forget the whole point of whiskey. Whiskey has always been the drink of the working man. You know, it's for sessions. It's for after going out after work. And spending time with friends, family, yes. and just enjoying stuff. Yeah, I, I, you know, when you go, it's great that people really, really love it now, and everyone wants to all know all the minutia that goes into it. But yeah, keep some of the mystery, man. You don't, if you're not making it, you really don't need to know every little aspect of it. No, stand back. You should know this: how to uncork a bottle. Pour it into a glass, sit back, go, hey, Mike, you want one? Sweet, there you go. Huh. Let's chat a little bit until we get stupid. Yeah, so, and then the yeah. conversations so open up a little bit. They all made money from two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Or just listen to our podcast and we'll tell you all about it because everywhere we go, it just seems like we end up being shown how it's done and everything and we just keep learning more and more all the different nuances is all the different places everybody has their thing everybody has their story but that's the wonderful thing about it you know it's like and it just seems like the quality of whiskey from all the craft distillers pretty much that you got moonshine university helping out but then you have everybody within the industry willing to help out pretty much yes. and that just has led to i mean we've we've had a lot of uh uh, white dog or just the right off the still and it's just in two years everything I'm tasting is just getting more 
there's more grain in it. There's more there's more sweetness in it, and it just seems like the quality of that has just kept coming up and up and up because they're trying because everybody's pulling out from different areas. Some people are making their own, you know, make, picking out staves for the the barrels from a different, you know, from a special place or whatever, and everything just seems to be going that way. And then the last thing, I don't know if you do this, but. I'm sure, but do you guys offer like a single barrel at the distillery that when you find some of these great barrels that... We don't any longer because I need the stock. Oh, you need the stock. So, um, you know, I called my boss a few months ago and said, um, I work for a tremendous, I mean, it's a very tremendous restaurant party in Ashley. Mm-hmm. When they went out on their own, they decided to buy um, six of the best craft distilleries in the country. And so, we, you know, in our portfolio is Few Spirits, Brent French Mall, Philadelphia Distilling, Philadelphia Mezcal Lago and Tequila Ocho and um, um, where were we going with this? <laughs> the single barrel, you single, you, barrel. single barrel, yes. So I did ask the mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm going to discontinue them. And I had a mutual conversation that we need to discontinue them for now um, because of even just the demand of our staff and our bottling line and our warehouse staff and all of the labor that goes into that. And so the last three one went to Justin's House of Bourbon because there's a couple people there that have been nothing but supportive of me back when I was making Moonshine. And um, and then um, my daughter and son-in-law Harris's house over here, um, the restaurant, and so they split a barrel with Jake, Jamie Ferris of the Lincoln Roads for the so, but that's what you're doing with those barrels. I mean, you, you you come up with those barrels that won't match your profile, but they're oh, yeah. delicious, they're right? Honey barrels or stinkers. Now, honey barrels, I'm still setting aside because I just don't know what I'm going to do. Right, right. And it's not even that I'm mean, boy, It's the idea that people ask you, like, oh, what's your next one? Where's your next one? You know, and... child like when you call that you little stinker not not like the not like the child just pooped its pants and you gotta change it not like that (laughs) yeah we've seen that before (laughs) yeah all right well uh, this is awesome i mean i know marty you not you got to get up to the air conditioning we're all melting but yeah so so uh, I'll uh, I'll take us out here. You get that ready. I have no idea that doing whiskey, doing bourbon in Brooklyn is going to become bigger than ever. And in a, in a few years, people won't care. There won't be any stigma of it not being Kentucky bourbon. Because the song you're listening to here, Fox on the Run, is one of the most indigenously Appalachian songs I've ever heard. But it was pirated by the bluegrass community, not pirated, covered, I should say, from a British band, Manfred Mann, 
they're from Great Britain, for God's sakes, and it was a rock song. But now it's a country song. Wait, Fox on the Run? Yeah. Fox on the Run. Yeah, that. Sweet. No, this song here, Fox on the Run. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, I'm. We are the Scotchy Bourbon Boys, www.scotchybourbonboys. Uh, check out our Patreon on the top right of our website. Uh, make sure that you support us. And then also, uh, Watershed Distillery and Dimmick, uh, Greg Lehman, our sponsor. Thank you for sponsoring us. And also, Alan Bishop of the French Lick Distillery. You know you're the bish. And then last but not least, uh, Wally and Lynn and Dant and Charlie Dant at the Log Still Distillery. We are live from the uh, Kentucky Bourbon Festival. And everybody remember, good bourbon equals good friends and good times. Go out there, live dangerously, and take chances. Thanks again, Lisa Thank you. Martin Duffy. Hi! Are we starting yet? <laughs> <laughs> That's a cigar. I smell cigar. Bye.